Welcome to another edition of the OK Preps Extra podcast. Uh, we're happy you joined us. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by our high school sports editor, Barry Lewis. Very good to see you. Good to see you, Patrick. Yep, always fun, our little Tuesday gig here. Uh, all right, let's get into post-game handshakes. It's been in the news lately with what happened with Or Roberts and North Dakota State, uh, what happened with Booker T. Washington and Owasso, and then Sunday with uh, Michigan and Wisconsin. There have been suspensions and some fines and a lot of discussion. Uh, for our conversation here, Barry, you and I are going to stick to the high school level. Uh, first off, why don't you kind of recount what you saw uh, at Booker T on Friday night? Um, it was a very, it, first of all, great atmosphere. Maybe the best atmosphere for a high school game I've seen, well, definitely this year, um, maybe even longer than that because it was a battle for the Frontier Conference title. Booker T, with a win, could have had sole possession of it, and Owasa was trying to get a share of it, which they eventually did. And um, two great teams, and it was a capacity crowd at Nathan E. Harris Fieldhouse at Booker T. I mean, it was close to a capacity crowd when these teams met a month earlier at Owasso. So just tr tremendous crowd, so intense. And the action on the court matched it. It was very, it was intense in the stands, intense on the court. And it was a great game, just as the game that Booker T won at Owasso in January was. This time, it's very similar game, similar score, except that Owasso wound up with the win. Uh, it's just very physical game, um, just very emotional. Uh, there had been a lot of trash talking before. <laughs> before the game well I mean even before they first met in January and the rivalry is intensified even more because Aaron Potter Booker T's leading scorer moved from Owasso after last season so that just adds fuel to the rivalry sure. and um, very physical game and so going as when the game ended after Owasso won it was just, I don't know, it was an instinct in me that having seen the ORU game the previous night, I just had a, although the atmosphere in the crowd may not have been the same that night because they didn't have a bunch of fans from the visiting team there at, for the ORU game. Mm -hmm. um, I, the action I saw on the court just seemed really um, somewhat similar. I just had a vibe that something was going to happen. So I was like paying really close attention to the handshake line. And I was just thinking, I was wishing they wouldn't do handshakes. And um, it, was so, it was sort of actually also very reminiscent of the TU Bowl game. <laughs> the feeling I just, I don't know, just maybe having watched these games for 40, 50 years, that sometimes you get a sense when something bad's going to happen after the game, as far as an exchange of words, you know, once you know it was very similar um, to the ORU situation, a, a words erupted between, because there had been so much history. And then um, as Owasso was going into its locker room, then the, some Booker T players were chasing them. And um, thankfully, coaches and security people and others were able to step in before the thing blew up and something occurred that uh, you couldn't take back. Thankfully so was, for that. Was this just a couple of players or was it 
most it's, of the it's, players. It's just like the ORU. It was just like with the ORU. If you saw the ORU okay. yeah. game, it was it was incredibly similar. It starts okay. with a couple of players exchanging words, and uh, again, this is something. There's exchange of words on social media carries over to the during the game, carries over after the game, and obviously, and then it's just it's just all ignited, and um, just when you it stopped just close. It, it stopped just before there was a major problem, thankfully, because people just, the security people and coaches were able to get the team separated. But it was, it's, I mean, it's a little more scarier to me than the ORU situation because the ORU game, everything was out in front of you on the court, the way it was situated at uh, the Booker T, that you've got players chasing a wasp into the locker room into a hallway. So, um, uh, and you don't know what's going to happen out of sight, but thankfully nothing really crossed the line, but it was so close to happening and just thankful for all involved that nothing did happen because if anything happens, I mean, player just gets suspended or worse stuff happens. I mean, first of all, both those teams seasons are probably ruined. Yeah. Um, players will be suspended. I mean, it's just so after seeing those in back-to-back -back nights, I mean, I had the first the thought had come to me after the ORU game. It's like, let's just get rid of the handshakes right now, handshake line, and then to see what happened with Owasso Booker T. Uh, it's just time to do away from way with handshake lines after the game. It's just the risk reward. It's not worth it now. Uh, it's just sort of the way society is now. You got social media ratcheting things up, and another reason also that. Um, I was concerned with the Owasso and the Booker T situation is the fans were also emotional yeah. <laughs> and it's capacity crowd. And you had every security person on the court trying to deal with the situation on the court. And I was afraid that something was going to erupt in the stands. Well, I would say I, I can't be sure every security person was on the court. It looked like it because that's where they were needed. Um, but I was afraid something was going to erupt in the stands. And don't want to see that, obviously. Uh, but thankfully, um, everything got settled down <laughs> fairly quickly. But it's just, it's just not worth it. And um, you, you bring the crowd aspect into it. At Booker T, it, like most of the new facilities, you have there is separation between the fans and the court. So they're that is good. That's a good thing. Some people have re regret that we don't have the old type gyms where fans were on the court. It's like, oh, th those led to such bad situations. <laughs> when sure. I mean, at, and as we saw it happen, TPS uh, and other schools had pro have had problems. I mean, going back in the '90s, I remember there was sort of a stretch '90s, lap uh, 2000s where there were problems with fans being right on top of the court and then a fight breaks out and then there's all types of chaos. So just let's eliminate the chance for chaos, mayhem, suspensions, get rid of the handshake lines. Do you draw any distinction between, regarding your stance on this, uh, distinction between college and high school? Or, or when you say get rid of it, do you just mean High school, because because that's obviously what you what you deal with mostly. Or do you, would you say get rid of it in college as well? 
get rid of in college as well. Okay, I just wondered, I, mean, I didn't know. I didn't know if you felt any different given you know college or high school. Well, but, because a lot okay. of the same factors are in play. Sure, although, sure. Well, although let me, there's yeah. Let me play devil's advocate for a second, Barry. It isn't and part of this is some of the feedback that I that Bill Hasten has shared with me uh, from people reacting to the story that he wrote uh, about you know, is it time to eliminate the handshake line? This is some of the feedback he got that people, some people are saying, um, isn't it a part of sportsmanship? Like to, after a hard fought game, to go to your opponent and shake their hand and say, good job. Or, you know, is it, I don't know. What, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, in a perfect world, I, you know, I think that it is a part of the game that I wish would, we could continue, but obviously society is changing and uh, there's just so much volatility these days. It's really interesting though, in hockey, at the end of each playoff series in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the players on each team, there's the handshake line. And you know how intense hockey is and they get in fights. <laughs> and, I mean, I love hockey, and but they are, it is so intense. But I have never recalled an incident in a handshake line after a hockey game. So, I mean, there may have been one, and there's all types of mayhem during the game. But in a handshake line, after the series is concluded, I can't recall anything in hockey. So at the most physical of all the sports, <laughs> where fighting is allowed, although penalized. But uh, so that's just sort of a weird thing and one more thought on the high school handshake lines or post-game greetings um on one hand i you know i would get rid of the handshake lines but i also will would will miss or would miss not seeing that act of sportsmanship our our moments like yesterday are throughout the, the playoffs at regent prep this past weekend I went to two of their games, and after the games, they've got a, a prayer circle where um, the Regent players invite anyone from the opposing team in. I mean, that's a, that's a really beautiful side. It was especially meaningful that that happened yesterday after all the mayhem mm -hmm. we've seen over the last three or the previous three or four days. So, yeah, I would, I would miss it, but... Um, I've talked to some co other coaches, and I think they're also high school coaches, and they're also concerned about the handshake well, lines now. And, and, and face it, the kids see, I mean, the kids see what happens in the NBA or, or college, and they emulate that behavior. And so I'm not talking about just handshake lines, but other things too, but I'm sure most of the players were aware what happened the previous night with well, the RU. And I'm uh, sure they were. Sure they were. And, and uh, so they see and they see nothing real, you know. So it's just not worth it anymore. It's it's just sad. I really yeah. like what Coach Montanati said for Owasso, where he just said, and, and this is kind of where I, where I would kind of lean on this, Barry, although you see far, far more basketball than I do. Um he just said if if there is like an, an emotionally charged game and he doesn't feel it's a good idea, then he just won't put his kids in that situation and there won't be a post-game handshake. I kind of like that, just where maybe you you don't eliminate it altogether, but coaches just say, you know, hey, look, if it's if it's if we feel it's in the best interest 
to not shake hands after the game, we're, we're not going to do it. You know, and and in that same story, um, Booker T's coach Eli Brown, he kind of said he said that it was worth looking at. But then if you read the quote, he seemed to lean toward not getting rid of it. Is that that's how I read his comments? Is that did you I read think every, Mary? Yes, and I think I I mean everyone would aspire that there could be good sportsmanship shown after a game. And maybe what Coach Mononati said, you know, maybe that can be the common ground or the, the middle ground we can find in this situation and that there would be nothing, no negative thoughts of, hey, after a game like that, that the coaches just sort of nod to each other, wave and say, wave and point to the, we're li- it's okay. And that there's no negative things cast upon them saying, hey, we're not, you're not shaking our hands. Yeah. Just understand that, hey, just congratulations. We're waving from afar and um, we're heading to the locker rooms. You know, another thing complicating the Booker T. Owasso situation is the locker rooms are, are, you have to cross each other to get to the locker room. Like Booker yeah. T's bench is on the opposite side of its locker room and vice versa. So that complicates things. It would be easier if Booker T's bench was on the same side of its locker room. So the teams never have to cross paths. That's a great point. Yep. Um, okay. That's a lot, lot, lot to process here. Um, do you do you think the OSSA, I can't even say it, OSSAA will look at this? you think there's enough momentum where it'll get addressed or is it just kind of a, hot topic right now that will just sort of, you know, calm itself out and it'll, we'll, nothing will happen. What, what do you think? Well, uh, change comes very slowly with the OSSA, so I don't think they'll probably address this. Okay. I mean, after all, the playoffs uh, are still handled or drawn up in basketball the same way now as they were in the 1980s. So with the last two weeks of play not counting and everyone – being frustrated by that and uh and coaches would I think want more games to count than what do now and so the same reasons there are you know tech communicate communication reasons and technology reasons that were given in the 1980s for not having the last two weeks count in the season they're still given today even though we know technology is a lot different now than it was in the 1980s yeah, uh, very different indeed. All right, let's let's get back on the court and talk about some game action. Uh, we just got word just before you and I went on that Thursdays, all Thursdays games are uh, can't. Is that statewide or just statewide? They're all postponed. Okay. So playoffs will not begin on Thursday. Uh, you're going to go somewhere on Friday. Not sure yet. Uh, tell us about where you're going on Saturday. Well, that probably on Friday. I'm probably going to go to Webster for the doubleheader there. Um, that uh, also involves Victory Christian, and I know uh, Webster's playing Dewey. I think I'm going to that. Uh, but Saturday, now the games that are being played Saturday, well, it was going to be Friday, but Saturday I'll be at Memorial, see Memorial host East Central. But um, the game that's really intrigues me is Hale and McAllister. Mm-hmm. Um, they, um, both these teams are have records of 12 and 10. So McAllister's first winning season in 10 years. I think this is Hale's second in 10 years. Uh, these programs have been down, but um, 
they are the eighth and ninth seeds. So when you get an eight and ninth seed game, those are usually pretty good. And these are two teams that haven't had really any playoff success lately mm-hmm. or very little in the past decade. And so this is new territory. And one of them is going to cap off a really good turnaround year in with the playoff win. And, and being if you win that first regional game, then you're guaranteed a game to the area tournament. And um, uh, McAllister, I'm looking forward to seeing McAllister's super superstar Adonis Holloman, who's uh, he's going to be playing major college basketball, and uh, looking forward to seeing him. And Hale's got I haven't seen Hale yet this year, and I've heard so many good things about them. Uh, Cabron Lewis and Jakari Barnes. So mm-hmm. um, looking forward to seeing them as well. So I think that's going to be a great game. Um, there's going to be a lot of good games. Muskogee and Six A boys, Muskogee Union could be at, which is at Jinx, could be a blockbuster matchup. Exciting stuff, a lot, lot going on. Uh, so this past Sunday, we unveiled our inside-outside contest. Uh, once you tell us a little bit about that, just in terms of the, it, it's same as it's been in years past, uh, but once you kind of brief us on what's going on there. Yes, go to okprepsextra.com and you can vote until 2 p.m. on March 4th. And um, we've got um, the, uh, 15 of the best inside and outside players each on both the boys and the girls. And this is sort of a unique situation where this year we've got three of the four defending winners from last year who are back as candidates. So Nate Bytel, last year's Mr. Outside, is going to try to win it two years in a row, plays for Regent Prep. And uh, um I saw him play this past weekend. It's good to see him back in action. And he's excited about the contest and got a video on that on site. So, um, and then we, on the girls, we got Honesty Smith from Booker T. Washington and Talia Jones from Broken Arrow as our winners from last year. And then, of course, you you picked, so you picked 30 boys candidates, Kelly Hines, 30 girls candidates. Uh, like you said, voting is open until March 4th, uh, so we have, you can go vote, and we have little bios on all the players, so just, just a fun contest, we've, we've done it, how, how many years have we done this now, Barry? Oh, I think we've done it, this is, I'm going to guess this is our eighth year. Um, oh, see, I, I, I did guess like fifth, I'd have been way off, but yeah. Yeah, we've been, it goes back at least to 2015. And um, this this is not to be confused with our postseason awards. Yes, yes. <laughs> because those all world awards, um, you know, we take and all in the postseason awards we take the uh, all the postseason performances into account. So those um, there's still a lot of season left to play. Um, so, but these these we want to give the fans their opinion on who's the best player as of right now. So, and this is the way they can express it. Sure. All right, Barry, let's leave it right there for this week. I always appreciate the knowledge and uh, enjoy playoffs, uh, assuming there won't be more cancellations, hopefully not. Uh, (laughs) That's a big assumption, Patrick. (laughs) It it is. It is. I'm always hopeful, Barry. I'm always hopeful. Um, But uh, yeah, hopefully there'll be some games and uh, hopefully we can, uh, we'll, we'll recap next, next Tuesday.